Hi guys, welcome back to my so-called midlife podcast. I am Jennifer and this is episode 65. Update. Oh guys, I am so tired. (laughs) I am recording this so late. It is uh, two days before um, the podcast comes out and I this is very late for me. I don't usually procrastinate to this point. I usually record the weekend before the podcast comes out, but I have just been so tired lately. I have been working on this project at work that I agreed to help out on. I did agree. <laughs> I wasn't roped into it. I did agree, but man, it is kicking my ass. I am so tired by the end of the day because I'm trying to, obviously I'm trying to do, you know, my regular duties and then I'm fitting in any spare time that I have. I'm working on this other project and it's just, it's huge and it requires a lot of brain power. And on top of the brain power that I'm already using to do my actual job, oh, by the time I get home, I'm like, just fried. (laughs) It's a good thing that I only come home to Oliver because he does not care if I cannot put together a coherent sentence. He's not really listening anyway. So as long as I sit down long enough for him to use me as a cushion, he's happy. And that's pretty much all I have had the energy to do. I mean, I have such, I'm so like routine oriented. I will get into these just ruts basically. So normally when I come home, I start dinner. I'm going to be honest with you. It either is something that goes in the microwave or something that goes in the air fryer. One of the two. Start dinner, go upstairs, change my clothes, hair goes in a ponytail, and I wash my face because I got to wash off the, the grease and the makeup and everything from the day. Come downstairs, eat, watch some TV, usually do a little work on the podcast, you know, exercise if I have the energy and the will, then go to bed. And that's just day in, day out. That's my routine. Lately, (laughs) this last week, the other day I came home, I went upstairs and without changing my clothes or anything, I just, I laid down on the bed and like pulled the corner of the comforter over me and fell asleep for a good 45 minutes. I was so tired that I was actually nervous when I was driving home. Like, uh, you know, was like hyper aware and vigilant because I, 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 you know, you guys know, I'm sure you've all been there. And I'm just hoping that next week will be better, but I think it's just going to get more hectic until I go on vacation. And at this point, I cannot wait because I feel like I am earning that time off. But I, yeah, I just need things to slow down just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little. TV podcast recommendations. The podcast I'm listening to this week is called The Rumor. Back on August 14th, 1997, there was a power outage in um, Baltimore, 
at Oriole Park in Camden Yard, which uh, postponed that night's baseball game between the Orioles and the Seattle Mariners, which, okay, you know, no big deal. It happens, right? The next day, no one could figure out what caused the outage. A short while later, a rumor started that Cal Ripken Jr. had found his wife in bed with another man, the other man being Kevin Costner. After getting into a physical altercation with Costner, so the rumor says, Ripken was rumored to have been in no condition to play baseball and being 16 seasons into his consecutive game streak with the Orioles, no one was going to let that happen. He ended up going 21 seasons, the longest in the history of baseball. A mysterious blackout seemed to have solved the problem and preserved the Iron Man legacy. I, this is a new podcast. It's, I think, only four episodes out, but I really like it. I, and let me tell you, I know nothing about baseball. I don't even like baseball, but I, even I know who Cal Ripken Jr. is, and I knew about the streak, and I remember when this blackout happening. I don't remember this rumor, though, so, but the podcast, it's good. It's interesting. It's funny. The two guys who are just huge, like, baseball fans, um, they remember when this event happened. They had heard the rumor, and so they're investigating it. They're funny. Um, You do not have to be a baseball fan or even a sports fan to like it. If this is true, and I don't know if it is or not, but if it's true, the implications of this would be huge because that would mean his streak ended at 16 seasons, which is still amazing, but that not only Cal Ripken Jr., but the entire Baltimore Oriole organization conspired to cover it up. I like it. And man, I really, I mean, Cal Ripken Jr., he's a good guy. I don't even care if it's true or not. He is so handsome. Even today, still so handsome. It's those eyes. I watched a couple of movies this week in my uh, fried brain stupor. They're not new. One I had never heard of. And one I haven't seen in a really long time and just forgot how good it was. So the first one, it's called Nocturnal Animals. It was written, produced, and directed by Tom Ford. Yes, that Tom Ford, the amazing clothes accessories designer, Tom Ford. It's really good. It's a psychological thriller. It's kind of a story within a story and a backstory all happening simultaneously. So you do have to pay attention. It's about a woman who seems to be living the perfect life with her second husband until her ex-husband sends her an advanced copy of a book he had written saying it was her leaving him that inspired him to finally complete the novel. As she reads it, it forces her to remember parts of her past that she thought she'd moved past. So like I said, you have kind of three stories going on at once. You have her current perfect life, flashbacks to her first marriage, and then there's the storyline of what is happening in the novel. Amy Adams plays the wife and Jake Gyllenhaal plays the uh, ex-husband. Army Hammer plays the current husband. I liked it. It's dark. It's heavy, but it's good. It's 
complex and it has a weird ending, which I usually find unsatisfying looking at you, Vanilla Sky. Ugh, those are two hours of my life that I am never going to get back. I hate you, Tom Cruise. But somehow the weird non-ending ending in Nocturnal Animals, it works. It, it fits with the feel of the movie. It's on Netflix. The second movie is one that I hadn't seen in a few years, but decided to rewatch. I'm sure you guys have all seen it. It's called The Holiday. It's from 2006, and I saw it not long after it came out, and I do remember that I liked it, but I think the reason that it hasn't made its way into my rotation of must-watch Christmas movies is because I don't like Cameron Diaz. Something about her bugs me, you know, I, whatever. But the rest of the cast, more than makes up for her. It is a really good movie. Kate Winslet is lovely. Jack Black is delightful. And Jude Law, I mean, come on. I haven't seen Jude in a while, but it reminded me why I had such a crush on him 20 years ago. It was a really good movie. I liked watching it again, and it probably will make its way into my rotation now. It's currently playing on Netflix if you, too, would like to relive your Jude Law crush. Oh, the beanbag. Fantastic. I told you I get into ruts, you know, routine ruts. And so normally, you know, my, my week is very much the same. I work from home on Sunday. I go into the office Monday through Thursday. Friday, I do all of my errands. Saturday, I clean. Sunday, you know, working from home and relaxing. This week, knowing <laughs> that I had waited days for my beanbag to inflate, and also knowing that the weather at the end of the week wasn't going to be great. It was like cold and rainy. Oh, it was, it was yucky last weekend. But that's perfect napping weather. So I rearranged my schedule and I did laundry and chores earlier in the week. I even went shopping earlier in the week so that by the time Friday came and the nasty weather, I could finally spend some time in the beanbag that had now by that point fully expanded. Oh guys, it was awesome. I am so glad I decided to buy it. It is everything I hoped for and always knew it would be. So worth the purchase. I love it. Oh, and remember last week when I told you that I felt like a new cycle was starting, but I didn't know what? Well, a couple of days after I recorded that last episode, I got an email from a hiring manager asking if I'd like to interview for a position that I applied for. It was a while ago, I think. Gosh, it's got to be almost two months. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, the interview is scheduled for next week. So by the time I'm recording the episode coming out on the, what, 25th, I think? Oh, Yes, the 25th, which would be Thanksgiving, but it'll, I'll still have an episode out that week. I'll let you know how it went, but I don't want to give too much away, but I will say this. The job is not in Florida, so that would definitely be a new start. 
All right, guys, now that you're all caught up by my week, let's get into this week's topic. We're back. So this week, I almost cut off all my hair. I think I was so caught up in the new cycle out with the old mentality that I was thinking I needed to chop off all my hair and start over. My hair isn't actually that long. It's a few inches past my shoulders, but it's really thick. It's coarse. It's not quite curly, not quite wavy, kind of frizzy, definitely has a mind of its own. And I was thinking maybe it's time to just cut it all off and start fresh. I felt so strongly about it that I actually made an appointment at the salon and then I spent whatever free time I had this week searching the internet for short hairstyles for thick, coarse hair. Which, just a little side note here. If you're around my age, never look for hairstyles for women over the age of 50. Because one, they're all, almost all of them are awful. They all kind of look like that Kate plus eight hairstyle. And also, since when does our age dictate our hairstyle? I mean, if that was the case, my whole head would be gray. And you and I have talked about this before. I am dedicated to dyeing my hair once a month until the day I die, if I so choose. Style your hair the way you want, because it's the way you like it. Not because some article online tells you that you've reached a certain age. So I had picked out a few really cute, really short hairstyles based on my hair type and not my age. And I took them to the salon. And as I was sitting in the chair, showing her pictures, I completely chickened out and said I wasn't ready for the short hairstyle. (laughs) I did get a haircut, but... It was more like a trim and a cleaning up of the layers. I mean, it was like a barely noticeable change. Of course, I didn't tell myself I chickened out. I told myself I came to my senses because in the past, I have made rash emotional decisions and have almost immediately regretted them. I'm not afraid of short hair. I've had short hair before. When I was about 18, I had really short hair. It was like razor cut in the back. And after I split with my husband, I did that um, sort of angular chin length bob, which was a cute hairstyle, but isn't really the hairstyle for my hair type because I had to, if you have thick coarse hair and you cut your hair into a short bob, you have to straight iron your hair every day. And anyone who uses a flat iron on a regular basis knows Your hair is not meant to be ironed on a daily basis. Often women will want to make a drastic hair change when they've gone through a big change. Some change the color, but the most common is to go from long hair to short. We as women are surrounded by images of long, lustrous hair, which somehow equate to beauty and sensuality. According to psychotherapist Heather Garbutt, Quote, long hair, for whatever reason, seems to simultaneously represent the innocence of childhood as well as the allure of adult femininity. For centuries, long hair has been viewed as the ultimate symbol of femininity, health, status, and wealth, end quote. 
I wanted to know why long hair was seemingly so attractive to men. And I found an article in Retox Magazine, which I'm just going to, I'm going to read you some of this article, but just buckle in. Here we go. The article says, quote, many of the attributes of traditional femininity, which many contemporary women now associate with weakness, are actually manifestations of a deep interior strength. For many men, the ideal woman will be radiant, resplendent, receptive, and yet powerful, seductive and yet chaste, beautiful, beloved, fruitful, and feminine. Long hair is beautiful and sensual, adds extra feminine flavor to a woman, and looks great against a white pillow. Good, long, strong hair is a biological factor traditionally linked to feminine attributes of a woman, and a heterosexual male will often naturally and subconsciously find himself seeking such a partner. End quote. So, <laughs> I checked. The author is not listed, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that this was written by a man. I found another article that said, research has shown that males prefer long hair on women. In one study, pictures of women are shown with a range of hair lengths from short to long. They were then evaluated by men on their attractiveness. Women with long hair were rated more attractive. In another study, pictures of women who had originally been rated as unattractive were given longer hair and then rated more highly by men. The researchers' conclusions were that long hair could mask undesirable features such as an aging jawline and undefined cheekbones. Preferring long hair is not an unconscious desire. In a recent poll, when asked, Nine out of 10 males say they prefer long hair on women. So we need to take a pause here because let me just get this straight. Someone actually got funding to conduct a study that allowed men to look at pictures of women and judge their attractiveness. And based on that, the researchers found that men preferred women with long hair. They didn't find that men are so superficial that they can just slap some hair on a woman that they previously didn't find attractive. And not only is she now sexy, they didn't even notice that this is the same woman that just moments ago they thought was unattractive. <laughs> I said it before and I'll say it again. Why are men Short hair, on the other hand, is generally considered to be more confident and empowering in women, which might be why when women go through times of transition or crisis, they will often cut off their hair. It's symbolic of letting go of the past, cutting old ties, and lightening the load to go forward into a new future. When a woman decides to cut her hair short, I promise you, it has nothing to do with the opinions of a man. Psychologist Dr. Lauren Appio adds that short hair can actually instill us with feelings of increased self-assurance. This reminded me of an article that I read. Remember, uh, I think it was about 10 years ago when Jennifer Aniston cut her hair from the Rachel into that like short chin length bob. 
It was really cute. But she said in an interview at the time, which, (laughs) imagine being interviewed because you got a haircut. (laughs) Anyway, she said that although she had been ready for the change, she was really nervous when she cut her hair so short because she realized that she had been hiding behind her long hair. I definitely understand that. For most people, our connection to our hair is strong. So strong that we can sometimes forget that it's meant to be transitional. Hair grows back. Your hairstyle, whatever it may be, does not sum up who, we, who you are or what you stand for, nor should it. Sometimes it's about nothing more than short hair better suits your lifestyle. If you have a very busy life and you don't have time in the morning or you don't want to spend the time every morning getting ready, doing your hair, you may opt for a style and a length that allows you to just wash and go. Like I said, this was kind of the opposite for me. When my hair was short, that actually took longer to style. Now, it's wash, throw in some curl cream, air dry. Personally, I liked my my hair short and long. When I did my research this week, I found articles with titles like 75 women who bravely cut their hair short or how the age of 46 is when women decide to cut their hair. This article went on to say 46 was some sort of magical number in women. I mean, if you think about it, there's nothing magic about it. 46, she's probably going through menopause. And so if you have hot flashes, this long hair on my neck and a hot flash is like wearing a blanket. It's not great. But also, you know, your kids are probably raised and you're ready for a change. There's nothing magical about the age of 46 or mid 40s or 50s when you suddenly decide to make a haircut change. And then another article called Why Girls Who Cut Their Hair Short Are Actually Cutting Off So Much More. This one asserts that drastically cutting your hair signals the cutting yourself off of the societal standards of beauty, saying that women have been brainwashed into believing long hair is a definition of beauty. That's a bold statement, and I don't agree with it. My definition of beauty has nothing to do with hair length. For me, it has always been about body shape, but that's just me. This same article goes on to say that most, the most common reason why a woman will suddenly go for a drastic cut is, of course, the ending of a relationship, stating that nothing will kickstart the beat of a broken heart like a new hairstyle. Quote, the best part is now she can get the hairstyle she's always wanted, not the same blonde highlights she's endured year after year because it was what her ex preferred, end quote. Okay, ladies, girls, women, if you're styling your hair in a way that is a hassle to you, but that your partner prefers, there may be bigger issues to look at in that union. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about here. Remember, I said I cut off all my hair after my marriage ended. If you're looking for a change, you don't have to cut off all your hair to start fresh. There are lots of things you can do to jumpstart a change in your in your life. Whether it's a relationship ending, you're making a lifestyle change, a career change, or maybe you just want something different. In order to jumpstart the change, first, you need to find your starting point. 
Really take notice of where you're at, of who you are. What are the roles in your life? Are you a parent, friend, partner? And how do you currently perform in those roles? Are you a giver, a people pleaser, a leader, a contrarian? This is important because you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you're starting. Next, define why you want the change. What matters the most to you? When you define your core values, you lay the foundation for the life you want. You'll have an easier time making big decisions and even knowing how to act in day-to-day -day situations. Then, make space in your life to allow the change to come in. If you have too much going on, making a change can feel overwhelming. You may need to literally schedule time in your daily calendar. As you start to make steps towards your goal, make sure you notice your progress. So often we get too focused on the goal that we forget to celebrate the small victories along the way. You guys know, I've talked to you about this before. I have been working my entire life on maintaining a healthy weight. I think the mistakes I've made in the past, I think, when I've lost weight have always been my lack of focus and direction. I tend to lose weight for an event or because I'm an event, you know, either health crisis, marriage, ending, etc. But I've never really sat down and set my intentions, which is probably why I've always gained some of the weight back. I'm trying to do it different this time. So this time I started by taking a really hard look at my starting point. I bought a new scale and I took all my body measurements, which was not fun, but was necessary to get a realistic starting point. What mattered most to me was not just losing weight, but getting healthy and creating and sticking to healthy eating habits for the rest of my life. I realized that I had to stop focusing on the number on the scale or the number on the clothes because those numbers don't really mean anything. The numbers that do matter, the medical numbers, you know, blood pressure, glucose levels, cholesterol level, levels, those are the numbers that I need to pay attention to. Up to this point, I've been really lucky because those have not been an issue, but if I continued the way I was going, they would have become an issue quickly. In order to get myself to exercise on a regular basis, I have to set an alarm on my phone to remind me. And I'll be honest and say, sometimes that isn't even enough. I mean, there are days when that alarm goes off and I just don't want to. I do not have the will <laughs> or the strength or the energy to work out. But when that happens, I know I'll have to do one or one of two things, either the next day I'll have to exercise twice as hard, or I will have to adjust my calorie intake that day and the next day to make up for not exercising that day. I have to make a conscious choice and there's accountability in that. In order, you know, and I just allow myself, you know, that leeway because for me, if I don't allow myself like a little bit of give, I'll just, I'll completely give up. It's, it, I am one of those all or nothing people. So, you know, if I fall off the wagon, that's it. I'm, I'm off the wagon forever. I'm also celebrating as I go, not only the milestones, like when I lost my first 10 pounds, but also I allow myself one day a week where I'm, you know, off the diet. 
I eat what I want, when I want. I don't go crazy because I don't want to ruin all the progress that I made during the week, but this is the day when I don't calorie count or work out. Along with adding exercise to my calendar, I also downloaded an app that allows me to track my calories for the day. And this has really helped to keep me accountable because you can't just eat with abandon or guess, you know, and you definitely have to make smarter choices. You know, if you, if you see, if you allot yourself, uh, I don't know, say 500 calories for lunch, okay, well, <laughs> that means that, you know, that, that Burger King lunch is out, which just today I was really craving Burger King. So I had had my protein shake for breakfast, which was, uh, I think, I don't know. I won't get into calories cause that's boring, but I had my protein shake for breakfast for lunch. I had, uh, I can't even remember what I had for lunch. Today. Oh, I had my two, um, turkey jerky sticks and <laughs> and two um, cheese sticks. And I knew how many calories I had left for dinner. <clears throat> and I was craving Burger King so bad. So I went and I looked at the Burger King menu online. Oh my gosh, a chicken sandwich, their new chicken sandwich is 900 calories for just the sandwich. This isn't the meal. This is just the sandwich. I quickly got over my Burger King craving. That's the best part about this app because you really have to take a closer look and really think about, okay, if, if I, you can, it doesn't say you can't have it, you definitely can have it, but you're gonna have to make up those calories somewhere else, either earlier in the day or the next day, or you're gonna have to work out really hard to, to balance it out, which, ugh. That's always like the last ditch option for me. So this app that I use is called MyFitnessPal. It's easy, it's free. There are some services on there that you can subscribe to, but honestly, the free services offered are enough for me to, you know, does what I needed to do. And it's not easy. And losing weight in your 50s and menopausal is really hard harder than it has ever been in my life, but I'm getting there very slowly, <laughs> but I'm getting there. And you'll hit roadblocks days when you just don't feel like it. And that's okay. I have my vacation with my family coming up and I will be surrounded by my mom's excellent cooking. So I get it. Not every choice I'm going to make is going to be a healthy one, but it's all right. Don't punish yourself if you veer off the path of your goal. And for God's sakes, don't be like me and give up. Just start again when you're feeling better. I was reading an article recently about a woman who was about to become an empty nester. Her daughter, who had stayed home while she attended college, had graduated, and she got a job offer a few states away. It had just been the two of them for more than 15 years when the woman's husband died suddenly in a car accident. She talked about a conversation she had had recently with her best friend in which the friend asked what she was going to do with all of her free time once the daughter moved away. She's excited for her daughter. It's a great opportunity, but of course, it's going to be a big change. And, you know, she was a single parent for a long time, and it was just the two of them for years. To her friend's surprise, she had it all planned out. 
She had already looked into some online courses she wanted to take. She had opened up a vacation savings account and to finally take that trip to Paris that she had been putting off for years. And she wanted to do some volunteer work. She even said she planned to spend some time getting to know her neighbors better. Now, this one, I'm someone who exits and enters my apartment only through my garage. So I don't really understand this one, but you know, more power to her. And last, she said she was going to take some time to just be selfish. For the last 25 plus years, her primary responsibility had been raising her daughter. Her needs always came first, which she was totally fine with. But now that her job was essentially wrapping up, she was going to put her own wants and needs first. She admitted that this one was going to be the hardest, and I think we can all understand that. I mean, even me, not a mom. Even I understand that. So, of course, she was sad that her daughter was going to be moving away. But instead of focusing on that, she chose to look at it as a fresh start for both of them. I loved this. She had it all planned out. And it wasn't going to be easy. And there were going to be days when she felt sad or lonely and she missed her daughter. But having a plan in place will help alleviate some of that. So in the end, I decided not to cut my hair yet. When I was showing my uh, hairstylist the pictures, we agreed that they're cute and doable for my hair type, but maybe next time. But I'm not really good out completely. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks for coming back for episode 65. Don't forget, join the Facebook group, my so-called midlife podcast, like the Facebook page by the same name, and follow me on Instagram at JennyJoy316. If you like the podcast, tell your friends and then tell them to listen. You know why you should do that. If you have questions or topic suggestions, you can email me at my so-called midlife podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Love you. Bye.